This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Today we have our good friend Keenan here. You can say hi to the people. Good morning, y'all. What's popping, man? How y'all feeling today? By the way, Keenan says good morning no matter what time of day it is because it's definitely like after seven p.m. But yes, yes, I do. Appreciate you for noticing. Anyways, so on today's episode, we're gonna play "Where in the World Is Jermaine" because she's not here. So I'm holding down the fort today. Shout out. We'll see how uh, how well that goes. So we're gonna start off with our question of the day. By the way, Kenny, you have to go first for all the questions today just because I said so. Yes, ma'am. All right. So what is something most people don't know about you? Ooh. Um, I, would, I would guess the easy answer, to be honest, is that I, uh, well, two things. I used to write poetry um, and was actually pretty decently good at it. I had like a, a, maybe like 10 poems like in a book. This is also like 10 years ago, so I'm not going to pretend like I probably still am now. <laughs> Um, and then the other is that I won like best, uh, was it, I think it was defense attorney, like best lawyer basically, like at, uh, this mock journal or not mock journal, uh, mock judiciary thing, uh, for the state of Michigan, oh, uh, senior year of high school. Oh, you lit. I don't know for me if there's something that most people don't know about me because I'm usually pretty open. Yeah. That's why I had to go that far back for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, um, most people don't know. That I have a fear of birds, or I used to have a fear of birds. I don't like birds now, but I'm not as scared of them. It used to be bad. Like, I ran in the middle of the street one time because a bird was flying near me. Am I allowed to ask follow-up questions? Yes, Because you my follow-up would be, why are you afraid? <laughs> like, like, did something happen that scarred you one know. day? Or? I have no idea. I just, as far as I've known, I don't like birds. I don't know if it's because they can fly or <laughs> what it is. So... Uh, so is it like certain birds that maybe like do you do you remember kind of like your earliest memory of like not liking a bird like was it a movie a TV show or, or was it no. like maybe a big bird you saw like a nest maybe you fell out of a tree because you saw a nest I don't know like my mom said that when I was a baby like I was like three months old um, a bird flew in the house okay. and her and her boyfriend at the time ran out and forgot that I was like <laughs> <laughs> okay now we've gotten to the root of this trauma y'all just in case y'all didn't know so I don't know if the bird like attacked me or what happened but I feel like at three months there's no way that I should still like have issues from it but that bird I've gotten better it probably like, did it did something because I've always been afraid of birds I mean now I can deal with them I just don't like them especially like in large like when you see them like in the middle of the street of you, like, you gotta go around if I see them in the street, if I'm driving, I'll try to hit them because I don't like them. So, so you know how like in movies when like a lot of movies start, especially like when they're like New Yorkish, you'll be seeing like a bunch of birds mm-hmm. in the park and people like run and try to like scare them off. Is that you, or are you the one that's trying to walk the other way? No, and get away I'll from them? walk the other way completely. If they start flying, like I'll freak out. Isn't it's now? Is it like an internal freak out because I'm trying to do better? Okay, but I'll be like panicking on the inside. All right, that's um. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So there's that. I don't think there's anything else that people don't know about me that I can think of. Maybe I'll answer it again in the the far, far future. I appreciate you sharing that. (laughs) All right. So now it is time for our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. 
Um, the goal is for you to answer them within 30 seconds. All the questions, right? All the questions. Oh, okay, cool. Let's get it. All right. <clears throat> no, I'm just playing. So, are you a Detroit native? Absolutely. East side or west side? West side. Favorite Coney Island? Uh, El Georges. Okay. High school? Renaissance. First car? Uh, technically, I guess a 2001 Chevy Venture. It used to be my mom's, but it's a minivan, so she let me use it. But okay. if we talk about something else, uh, 03 Cadillac DeVille. Oh, you lit. My first car was real raggedy. It was a um, 97 Chevy Cavalier. Oh, that, that 01 Chevy Venture van didn't have a side view mirror, didn't have AC, the back, the one of the windows didn't work, the heat didn't work. Trust me, <laughs> it was nothing special about that car except for that it was a van and I was in high school and so was able to drive. People. You feel me? That that was the concept of it. But the first car that I, I guess technically I had was my pop's old Cadillac. He sold it to me because he was getting a new car and he was tired of fixing up that one for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, my um, my Cavalier had it was all red with a blue trunk. Shout out. It was. But other than that, it it didn't have a lot of issues. And then when I graduated, I got another car. I don't even remember what happened to the Chevy. You probably shut down. But (laughs) my my second car was a 92 Ford Taurus. So I went backwards five years from the first uh, car that I had. 92 Ford Taurus ain't too bad if they kept it. Here's the thing. They didn't keep it. I mean, like they kept it a nice. No, they didn't keep it Uh, (laughs) in any form. They didn't keep it physically they didn't take care of it so it had a bad transmission mm. so every time i stopped it would cut off like just completely cut it off made the winners long didn't it it did but i feel like the car was just ahead of its time because you know now we got the little stop start situation i like that i like that yes. i like to say they learned Does that, that also still throw you off at the light like if your window's down and you hear like the car cut off yes. and because, like, somebody the other day, I swear they were doing it for fun, so they, like, kept doing it. I heard, like, three times at one light, and I started to almost want to reach out the window, like, hey, bro, you you good? Like, you need it, some help? It times out. Like, on my car for um, for work, I have a 2019 Ford Focus, whatever. It's okay. like a little truck-looking thing. <laughs> so, so it's probably not a Focus. Whatever. I'm about to say that the truck is for show, but go ahead. It's like an Edge, something, whatever yes. it is. There we go, Edge. So it turns off at the lights or whatever, okay. and then... If I'm at the light for too long, like the other day I was um, stuck at a train. And okay. so it started back up on its own. And then mm. it went back off. So I did it a couple times. But the model that I have, I can actually turn the feature off. That's pretty cool. I, yeah, that's pretty cool. I hate it. But that's okay. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to be a part of the New Kids University. Since Professor Main Dial did not show up for her shift today. <laughs> okay. Normally, I, I always said that I wasn't going back to school. Well, I lied. I thought about it, and then I said I'm not going back. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll indulge you. All right. So I'm gonna go first. So what we do during this section of the show is each of us pick a topic to educate our listeners on. So mm-hmm. I probably should have given you this a little bit ahead of time, but That's I'm gonna put fine. you on the spot a little bit. So I'll go first, and then you can come up with your topic if you so choose. We can always just. Figure out something. I'm going to figure out something. Okay, go ahead. So, my topic today is going to be not limiting yourself to what corporate requirements are. So, like, when you're applying for jobs, um, I've had a lot of people that don't apply for certain jobs because they feel like they're not qualified, just based on what the job posting says. Absolutely. So, you know, some job postings will say you got to have a master's degree, you have to have X amount of experience, blah, 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 blah. Mm Mm-hmm. My advice is to always not listen to that <laughs> because basically it's just a tactic to try to get a lot of people not to apply for the job. So mm-hmm. they're trying to like weed out the people that they don't feel are qualified, but you can still get the job. Like the job I'm in now, 
which will remain nameless. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm cool with that. Nah, trust me, you ain't got to sell me that. <laughs> it's, um, I'm a battery specialist, so I'll just leave it like that, vehicle batteries. I obviously don't know anything about, mm-hmm. I mean, I know stuff about batteries, but I'm not like a car person. So gotcha. it's not like, you know, the requirement said that I needed to be an ASE certified mechanic. Nah, I'm not. I agree with you. Um, Most jobs not train you for stuff, which is why yeah. I don't. I never really try to listen to them. It's really just about, you know, whether, I mean, I feel like if they don't, if they're not interested in you based on your experience or whatever, they're going to decide that on their own anyway. So you can apply and they can be like, yeah, we're going to interview this person or they can say no. But you're going to miss all the jobs if you just decide not to apply for them because you feel you're not qualified. So just apply anyways. Just have a good resume, a nice little cover letter. and. Oh, my goodness. I I hate cover letters. Um Why? Do you hate writing them, or do you hate the, just, like, the whole idea of cover letters? Both. Both. That's okay. a beautiful question you ask, both. And I hate writing them simply because there's, I mean, there's some generic formats. There's some non-generic formats, I guess, kind of to use. But it's almost like the, the resume, I guess I think of cover letters as certain things. It's, it's almost like the similar questions that you would ask me in an interview. Mm-hmm. Like, like, for the most part, and please correct me if I'm wrong, like, they want to know why you think you'll be good for this job. Right kind of why you want the job and like a few other small things and it's like not saying that you don't love the job that you're applying for or that you can't love the job that you're applying for but because i need a job fam like what do you mean <laughs> like why do you need me to lie to you to make up something like uh, why do you think i'd be good for this be- because it's paying me like like yeah. i mean like, sometimes who's gonna write reason- the bad things yeah about themselves? so i guess that's one thing why i don't like them in general and then just like i said writing them is just sometimes it's difficult and then it's tedious like if you're not staying in the same field you have to change it so much about every cover letter and even sometimes if you're staying in that same field you still have to change it so much about yeah it. i always tell people like when i do cover letters like when i write them for my clients i write them real general like there's some things that will be specific to that specific organization and you know maybe to that particular role mm-hmm. but when i send it to them i usually send them two copies i'll send them the one that they can just go ahead and submit to the job and then i'll send them the one where i've highlighted what they'll need to change gotcha so That's that smart. way you know it's like five seconds. You can do it and, you know, go on about your day. I think my only, the benefit of cover letters is that if it's a type of job where you have to do a lot of communicating, mm-hmm. they can see your writing style and how you communicate um, written. So, okay. I've never, I mean, that could I've be a I've never thought of it that way. Um, I guess, too, I, I, I think of cover letters um, as being another way to uh, kind of weed people out, too, because a yeah. lot of people... One, because they can't write cover letters, but also just because, like, a lot of people, including myself on on this one, when you're going through, especially now since we're in a uh, more of a tech type and and really quick things, like, a lot of us when we look for jobs are going on places like Indeed or what's the Mm -hmm. other, Monsters or Zipper, like, whatever it is. So most of the time, like, if it says cover letter, like, needs to be done, too, and it's like, I got to change the cover letter, peace out. I ain't doing that one. So 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 as a... As the recruiter, you've done a successful job in weeding out less people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Weeding out more people and having to look at less. Um, and also, in that same token, um, man, Indy sucks. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> I can say that now because I haven't. Like, Indy, you might get, like, it just Indy sucks, man. Like, I've never really gotten a, I don't think I got a call back from them or on anything. But I feel, I feel like it wasn't their fault. It was a lot about me, if that uh, makes sense. So, I can agree with that. Like, like don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm realistic. I'm sure some of my just wasn't yeah. the one. But I also feel like 
I've put in enough over years. Yeah. Um, that it's like at some point though, indeed, you just stink. Like yeah. whether it's the I people that you. you put on there, or maybe y'all just not the first batch that they look at. Like whatever, maybe they look at the monsters or whoever the other ones first. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. I think like they have this thing where they don't like send you any good jobs that you would like until you already have a job. Because I have like prior to me being in the position I'm in now, mm-hmm. I went through this like phase of just straight up burnout. I was like, I hate this job. I'm about to quit. I would just be jobless for a while. <laughs> like, that's the phase that I was at. Me. So I was applying for everything. Yeah, almost anything. So then I get into a position now with the same company, just a different department, and I'm much happier, and I'm like, I actually enjoy my job. I don't have any complaints. It's been like six months or so, so that burnout phase is like, you know, right, approaching. Right so, right. But I feel like I, I love it, and I haven't had any issues with it. And now, Indeed has sent me jobs, like, every day. That I'm you, like, really? Like, ain't that bad. Like, y'all knew. That I wasn't going to pocket these jobs, and that's why I sent them. Yeah, no, they try. It's just like uh, people liking you more when you put that engagement ring on. There you go. Yeah, you get in a relationship, yeah, you go. they start sliding in your DMs. Like, this is dumb. I'm like, this Y'all is crazy. Where's all you find people at, like, three and a half days ago? <laughs> Three and a half days ago. <laughs> Before I made this bad decision. Where was y'all not? <laughs> Before I proposed. We're working. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all right, so that wraps it up for my topic for today. So just apply for the job. See what happens. Shoot your shot. YOLO, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, cool. Professor Keenan. Um, so I was I was really going through a lot of topics in my head to be honest with you. Um <laughs> mine is not as profound as yours. That's okay because I had a lot of time to prepare. So, <laughs> so mine is actually uh kind of more on the side of I guess like building relationships with people. Okay. Um and when I say relationships, I always use relationships interchangeably whether that be like coworkers, friendships, things like that. Um and I guess my two main points that I would drill home in terms of relationships is don't let um, others, or not necessarily others, don't be afraid um, or, or think that you have to put a definition on your relationship or, or like how it has to be uh, compl- like done or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also don't think that you can't build multiple authentic relationships uh, with people. Um, or, like, with other people, like, you don't have to have just, like, one person that, that that does, you know, that's, like, the only authentic relationship you have or only, like, two or three. Like, you can you can build right. it. Um, and I guess it, it comes from really a a few places. Uh, one, just basically because, like, as, as humans or as people, we crave interactions with others. Like, yeah. I know that people, you know, say that they're introverts, stuff like that. That's cool, cute. I don't mind, like, not saying that that's not true. Mm-hmm. But, like, we still crave interactions with other people. Like, you, it, it's why nobody or it's why people, for lack of a better term, go crazy or insane when they're in solitary confinement. It's why they yeah, come out with like illnesses, thing, you know, things like that, yeah. because that's not what we're, we're, you know, wired to do. So I, I would always, always encourage people, especially now that we live in a, in a cancel culture or a cut you off <laughs> culture and things like that. Cancel culture. Is, um, so true. is to, to don't, don't be so quick to always do that. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not the guy that's trying to tell you, like, you got to like hang on to people that are hurting you or nothing like that. Like that's, that's not necessarily the point I'm coming from. But don't be so eager to run away or so eager to just shut down uh, anytime either A, something doesn't go your way, or B, you're uncertain about how that relationship can go. Um, because you're, you're going to build, you know, if you, if you allow yourself, you will build authentic and good and deep relationships um, and, and healthy relationships uh, with many people um, throughout the life that, you, that you'll just bump into. Because just, you know, Lord, Allah willing, or whoever you, or whoever, whatever you may believe in, science willing, you make it to be, you know, 80, 90 years old, most of us around our age, you know, we've barely lived a quarter or a third of our life. Mm-hmm. You're trying to tell me, like, you, you probably already in your life come across 
tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Whether that be just from simple interaction at like a school, a bar, a ball game, in the street, whatever. And, you know, of course, some of those interactions can last a little bit longer and some don't. But don't be, uh, don't necessarily be so quick to think like, okay, I already have a best friend or I already have a boyfriend or girlfriend, something like that, that now I have to kind of scale back on the relationships yeah. I build with people. I would say that when doing that, don't also have a wall there where you feel like you have to stop at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think sometimes we do feel uh, that uh, like if we've got good friends that we already kind of like hang out with or whatever, we always feel like, okay, well, we can't really add someone else to the mix or I can't be, you know, don't really want to have like multiple friend groups because, uh, you know, in today's day and age, people would love to say like people messy or people do X, Y, and Z that they don't yeah. like. And a lot of times we, we kind of like hold ourselves back or kind of put that cap on it before we even start. So that would be kind of, um, I guess my first thing is, is be okay with, with literally building great relationships with multiple people um, because it'll, it'll, it'll help take you far, you know, professionally for those who, who really just care about professional, but also to just, it'll make you happier, man. Like, I, man, it, 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 it yeah. truly like building like, like real genuine relationships with people, um, no matter how early, late in life, it really like you, you will feel yourself be better. It's almost like yeah. the sun coming out. So that would probably be my thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the, out of what you said, the, point of allowing yourself to like form these relationships is very important because I know for me personally I don't like people but I like people if that, <laughs> if that makes sense like mm-hmm. I have my days where I feel like okay I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna socialize or whatever but I have a really bad habit of like if I don't know people mm-hmm. I'll just kind of sit there and stare at them until I decide that they're I don't want to say worthy but like I just gotta like fill yeah. them out like if I feel like you about to waste my time where you want some trash I'm most likely not gonna say anything you're not the only one. I think that's something that, um, I mean, of course, you know, with life experience, you know, kind of your view of relationships change. And I know when we think of like our view of relationships, we always think of like intimate ones mm-hmm. um, or, you know, or, or things like that. But no, it's, it's truly, you know, even your friends or even like your family relationships, like, like people always say, or kind of, I guess the old adage per se is like, you, you get to choose your friends, you don't choose your family. Um, and I think the reason that that's so important is because, yes, like, like being able to choose your friends allows you that time now to go out and basically like handpick which one like it allows you to go shopping basically like yeah. you get to shop for something that you think you you would like and I do think that the more opportunities you give yourself or allow people to, to get close to you and you get close to them or just whatever the case is, is kind of like how you do it with, with, with clothes. You might like, like you might like a clothes, you know, a pair of clothes or a pair of shoes or something like that when, when it's on the rack. And then, you know, once you take it home, you actually worry like, ah, it's not that great. Sometimes like, yeah. this is my favorite fit. Then another one comes along and it's not that you throw that old fit out the door. Like, you know, just get rid of it. But you're like, okay, now it's my second favorite fit or yeah. now it's one of my favorite fits or now, okay, I have two fits that I can wear. So, I think sometimes it's just like, yeah, even if in the beginning or like kind of at first glance per se um, or meeting someone or whatever, you think that you need to take a step back. It's like, no, I think of it as that, period, that, that thing of clothes. Like, you know what? This could go somewhere. You know, this could be something nice I could see because for a lot of us and probably shoes and clothes, it's easy. It's like, yeah, maybe it's not as great as you thought it was going to look on you, but you know you can find somewhere to yeah, wear that, you can, that thing. You can, like, you can make it work. Yeah, you can make it work. So that's that's kind of what I would say as my, my, my teaching point of the day is just, you know, allow allow yourself to build authentic relationships with people and don't put a cap on how close you get to that person, how close they can get to you because there's really nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I agree. It's a pretty dope topic. It makes my topic look bad. No, I'm just like <laughs> you're giving people jobs, man. I'm just trying to give people a little bit more happiness. All right? <laughs> hey, listen, if they can get a good job, get some happiness, I think that's like that's a good balance. Hey, okay, that's great. Well, it's now time for our first commercial break, so we will be right back. It's not a real break, so <laughs> don't 
don't think we're leaving because we ain't we're just gonna put it in there all right so welcome back so we're going to now give i'm supposed to introduce keenan but i'm gonna let keenan introduce himself and um, <laughs> i'm so bad at this like this is terrible but you can introduce yourself tell, tell the people what you do I think that the funniest part of this, I know you said that, like bad introduction. I think probably the, the funniest part of this is that, I mean, people can get introduced in other ways, but this reminds me of like an impromptu speech. Yeah. I don't know if you ever had to do one. But I have. I've actually learned over time, like impromptu speeches might actually be my favorite things, and I think that's probably why I like public speaking. Oh, but, I'm glad somebody like it. Cause, man, oh, I, I, hate, I hate writing. I hate taking notes. I hate all of that stuff. But if you tell me, like, do some public speaking, I can do that for you. Like you can tell me what the topic yeah. is and what you want me to say. I got you. I can. I I'm can the wing opposite. it. I love writing. You can write. You can write the speech. <laughs> I I would read it probably once or twice, and I would just take out the stuff that I like. I would remember some of it, and I would just say that part. Like yeah. I, I can't stand the writing part. I'm not big on public speaking. I mean, I can do it when I'm, you know, okay. No, when I prepare fair. for it. But if it depends on the topic, if it's a topic I like. Yeah. Then I'm good. I don't have no problem. It's not even like the people. It's not the actual like speaking yeah, in front of the, the people. The topic itself. It's the preparation. It's the and topic. I'm not gonna lie. I don't have a, I don't have a preparation in me no more. Like maybe I used to. Like I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was always like. A, but I'm somebody that actually does just prefer like okay, last minute. Maybe you know I get a few notes or whatever of it, and I'm good. Like I don't need a week or three days to be trying to do all that. I need like a month. No, I'm just playing. Anyways, <laughs> but, introduce yourself to me. Oh, yeah. People. I didn't talk 18 extra minutes. So, uh, <laughs> I'm Keenan, KT. Uh, man, what, is this one of those times like, when people say, I don't know what to say about myself? But nah. Um, so, <laughs> from the D, you know, like we said, uh, lived in North Carolina for a few years. Went to school there. Stayed a little bit afterwards. Coach high school basketball. Coached track um, for AU a lot of times. And a little bit of high school there and here, actually, as well. Um, I am a third, so one third of the members of a podcast called Beat the Buzzer. You can follow us on Instagram. We're on every, uh, we're also on every streaming platform from Google, SoundCloud, iTunes. Is Beat the Buzzer's Red? If you on Apple iTunes, you might see two of the things. Um, I, I feel like I met y'all like at like I feel like I met y'all. We were just having a good old time, and um, I, I don't know. I don't know when you met me. I know you met me at uh, what is that place called? Is it Rose, the Rose Bar or something like that? Oh, yes. I did meet you at Roseland. <laughs> we got to share that story one day. I, I, it's not inappropriate. It's just like I don't know if, if you're going to fight me for it. No, I'm not going to fight you. Okay. Um, I'll tell you that after I guess I'll finish the introduction, <laughs> which I don't really know how much more I got anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably the goofiest, most non-serious person. I know this is about to sound like a dating app type thing now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't really have, like, a necessarily, like, cool... I know she didn't want to tell her job, but I don't really have, like, no cool job that I just absolutely love or nothing like that, so I don't really have that to plug. Um, I can do speeches for you, though, like, if you need somebody to talk for you. I'm pretty decent. I'm, I'm actually pretty cool on the mic, and... Yeah. Um, if you need a family history, I guess I can give you that rundown, no, too. No, we're good. Cool. All we're right. good. Cool. So, on the last episode... So basically, these last two episodes, we've been introducing you guys to some of the people that are our friends in real life. So not to say that our other guests aren't amazing, but they're people that we've either met through here or kind of like social networking. But these last two episodes have been like our actual friends. So this just goes to show that me and Jermaine are actually nice people sometimes, and we make friends. So if you would like to share how we met, you can share your version, because I'm pretty sure mine is different. No, I don't think mine is it. Now that you reminded me of Roseland, so I mean, to make a long story short, we went out, um, I think it was me, Razo, it was like probably five or six of us. 
Honestly, I don't even remember how May, how Maine got into it, to be honest. Um, I think me and Rosa was texting, and maybe her and Maine were together. I said it to say, um, met her at Roseland. We were all, Roseland is a bar, for those who don't know. We was drinking, you know, having a good time. And I think it was, you know, I think I was about to buy a round for everybody. And she was like, she didn't want one. So I'm thinking she's joking because, I mean, <laughs> we're at the bar. And it's, it's a solid, like, 11 o'clock. And I want to say this actually might have been during, like, the winter time or, like, at least the colder time of year. Yeah. So we weren't coming out the house just for nothing. Like, it's, and it's like, 11 <laughs> o'clock. And, like, and we all have been texting. At least, like, the, the other one's like, yeah, we trying to kick it. I said to say, she said she wasn't drinking. So not in a forceful way. But I'm like, maybe that's kind of the joke. You know people do. It's $2 shooters, y'all. So I get everybody one. She's really not drinking it. So... I pretty much, you know, just respectfully asked, are you pregnant? <laughs> and she probably did a laugh similar to that. I did. And was like, nah. And she she may have given me a reason or may not. I don't remember. So, again, I'm like, okay. So, everybody else drinking. I'm like, oh, she really didn't drink it. So, I think somebody else drank hers. I ended up drinking it. Did you? Yeah, I did. I don't think. Because like nobody you- else wanted it. Because they are, they, you bought it around for everybody. Everybody already, already had theirs. So, I was like. Since he asked me, am I pregnant more than once? I feel it was you didn't like because three I feel like for times. a long time I really thought that you were pregnant. And I was like, I don't want to seem like I don't want to seem rude, rude, but I also was like, so why she come why to the party? Why she at the party? Like, no, I did actually drink it, but okay. Shout out to you then. It was a, it was a good time from what it I like, remember about it. It's been a couple years now. Not that we were drunk. I just I'm trying to remember that night, and I'm like, it's been a couple years, and that wasn't one of our livelier nights, but it was a good night. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. It was a. Um, that bar kind of reminds me of a Cheers. People say that. People say that actually about a lot of like hood bars. Yeah. Like they're small. There's not a lot of people in there often. So it's like you kind of get to be, for like a term, intimate with the people. Yeah, like, you know, so just I chilling. It was yeah. like a real Cheers vibe. I, I enjoyed myself. Always. So now we're going to get into a little bit about Beat the Buzzer and about what you do with your life. So first up, did you pursue higher education? If you did or did not, explain to us why. Eagle Pride. Amplified. So I graduated from North Carolina Central, which is the best HBCU in the land. Um, The number one uh, law school for uh, not just HBCU, but one of the top ones in the country. And actually, a couple years ago, it was number one or number two in the state of North Carolina. And that's including like the Duke, UNC, all that stuff. Um, So, yes, I did get a degree from there. um, In what? In business marketing and sport management. So I uh, did that. I, I am one of those people that changed their majors a few times when I was in college. Uh, I actually started off at a small school in Illinois called Olivet, ran track there and played a little bit of scout team basketball. Um, and then, of course, made a better decision and, and went to North Carolina Central. So that was cool. I enjoy it, loved it um, always. So, yes, I, I did pursue higher education. But I think like most people uh, around our ages, you know, 10 years ago or so kind of I won't say didn't have the choice, but it was like that in military. Like, yeah. it, it kind of came into that you age where you got to go to college. Yeah. And trade schools had kind of, like, fallen off a little bit, which now they're trying to come they're, back, they're but they're still kind of falling off. So I think probably over the last 15 years or so, trade schools have um, have been decimated for because of kind of what people see as the importance of, of higher education. Also, just, you know, with the economy hitting hard, people was like, man, I can't just be going to do college, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, yes, to, to answer your question the longest possible way. so what was your first job post-graduation or post-18 I guess wow post-8 I'm assuming they're like student 
uh, student work don't count, does it? It does. I think it does. Uh, I okay, mean, well, you graduate, you graduated counts, high school. It student work counts. Like when I was in college, I actually worked in the athletic department, athletic uh, sports information department. I had this is back when my major was sport marketing, and so I w- I would do stuff like record uh, like the volleyball games or the soccer games. Uh, I would do, I never did any quick write-ups. I would do, like, fan giveaways. So, like, if we did, like, a half-court shot or, like, shootouts and stuff like that, the half-court, mm. I would do that. To be honest with you, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I was at a, a small school there, so it was kind of, uh, so it was also kind of cool because since, I'll be honest, it was a PWI. Every, it's about 45 minutes south of Chicago. Every, I don't, I don't exaggerate when I say every, every black person at that school, except for maybe five, five-and-a-half people, were either football players I think we had three or four on the basketball team, on the track team, and there were like two in the band. I don't exaggerate that. And then the the, the ones that weren't in those categories, I think, were like three Africans and like something else. So mm-hmm. I say to say, like, if we're gonna talk about like a, like in a high schoolish way, I was popular. Like I like I was somebody that was like cool. And like everybody know was one because I was an athlete and I was good at it. Mm-hmm. But also because like I mean I've always kind of been a, a boisterous guy per se or loud or whatever you want to like make it seem like a very outgoing guy. So like it was kind of cool. Of course I would try to hook my homeboys up sometimes with getting the chance of being able to shoot because I think like some of the prizes a lot of times would be like you get like free pizza from like the neighborhood like pizza like down there. Thousand dollars when you in college. Man, so it, and it was like whatever it was was like free pizza like for like five straight times and then like a hundred dollar gift card or something. So you know you try to hook up your people or whatever. A couple times you get some random people too, but um, so I said to say that like that was kind of stuff that I did there. Um, I did substitute teaching very very briefly when I was coaching high school basketball, and by very briefly I mean like I might have actually subs like once. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't really think that counts as one. Um, Hey, if you did it once, it counts. So, yeah. So, I would probably say that that was my first, uh, like, including student work as my first job, and then, you know, that. Okay. So, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, you kind of started Beat the Buzzer, right? Like, yeah. Okay. So, what was the idea behind starting Beat the Buzzer? So, for probably at least three or four years before actually starting Beat the Buzzer, I had just always been telling my friends that I wanted to do a podcast. Um, the podcast idea came around really from um, Jamel Hill and Michael Smith mm-hmm. um, because they were doing, they had like a talk show and then they started saying, they actually just started using the word podcast. I'll be honest, I didn't know what a podcast was. And this is probably like 2013, 2014, around that time. Um, and so I wasn't sure what it was. And then after I found out what it was, I was like, man, that'd be really cool. Like, I think that I would have, in, in, in theory, I was more so talking about stuff like maybe sports and then like maybe the occasional uh like, real-life topic, for lack of a better term. Um, and uh, the way that we actually got started was I kept – I actually wanted to start with um, Rihanna and Justin was, was the idea, like, but we kept procrastinating with it. And so one day uh, I called my boy Cardo. This is literally on a Sunday. I called him, like, Sunday, probably, like, 7 or 8 o'clock. And he was like, bro, what you doing Tuesday? Because that, that was his off day at the time. He was like, I ain't doing nothing. You know, that's my off day. I said, hey, meet me at, uh, you know, I said, meet me at the crib at 7 o'clock. We're going to do a podcast. He was like, all right. Like, that, like he just, he responded, all right. Matter of, fact, no, matter of fact, yeah, we did on a Tuesday. It wasn't even Sunday. I told him that on a Monday. So I told him that on a Monday. So the day before, Tuesday come, I think I told him to meet me at like 7. It was like 4.30. I'm like, here go some topics that, just, that happened to come to my mind. I, hadn't, I had literally just downloaded an app on my phone called Spreaker, and um, I had I had I tried to use it like maybe right before I pulled up. I see that like it was only allowing me like 15 minutes talking, and then I had to buy like a version that would give me like 45 minutes. So <laughs> I was like, all right, let me do that. So I did like a little monthly subscription. I think it was like five dollars via Apple. We kind of played with it there for like maybe five, like maybe like 10, 15 minutes. I couldn't think of a name or whatever, but we kept playing like sounds. And I was like, like one of them happened to be like bells or like a ringing, and I was like, 
something like beat the buzzer. Like, like I just yeah. kept thinking of stuff, and we couldn't think of anything at the time, so we kept it. And I think the only thing that worked in our favor is, like, that was literally right around the time that Kaepernick had started kneeling. The okay. Olympics had literally ended two weeks before. And maybe, like, something else. Like, maybe, like, football, like, preseason football just starts, like, we're able to just kind of, like, do some topics like that. Like, mm-hmm. we literally, I think I texted him the topics, it was, like, 4, 4.30. And it just kind of went from there. So it really just stemmed from me liking sports a lot and me actually at the time starting to think like man i feel like i could talk about some stuff like not quite being into like communications or broadcast type mm-hmm. yet but i feel like okay you like post speaking you know people like your take on things like at least the friends that i had i'll put it like that and we always used to have engaging conversations because i remember when i first talked to him about it i was like man i want this to be like barbershop talk um yeah just kind of chilling yeah because mm-hmm. me me and him i had just moved back so i also at the time had not really been able to hang out with him a lot because uh, he had moved back here from Atlanta from Morehouse like years before and so I would only see him uh, like here and there because I, when I was an athlete in college I didn't come home for every break mm-hmm. um, and then when I started coaching even when I stopped being an athlete I couldn't come home during you know some yeah, of the big breaks because we have games and stuff like that so me and him had never really sat on chops I, I was also skeptical but since I knew I wanted a lot of sports in there back home at the time he was the one friend I knew that like I, he knew sports and we could do that so. makes sense well so what are what have been some of the hurdles or hard lessons that you had to learn thus far, either in you know in your corporate job or as far as with Beat the Buzzer? Uh, with podcasting is everybody's not going to listen to you. Oh, my gosh. We just talked about that. Um, just, like, <laughs> just, just being honest, like sometimes you're literally just talking in the space. Yeah. Um, like, or you have the people like with us. We've been doing this for like two, three years now. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, you have a podcast? And I'm like, I will push you down. Because I've been doing this for a long and the time. Crazy part, like, not, not even to be shady, like, there are people that that are like your friend friends. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're not just like strange, like they're your friend friends. And mm-hmm. um, not not that you necessarily were offended, but like you have to learn not to be offended yeah. by that question or by them just like not being interested in what you're talking about. To be honest, because there are people that that I would consider my friends that I know listen to podcasts. Like, it's not that they don't like podcasts; it just they just don't care for what, either whether it be your opinion or just your voice. Maybe you're not entertaining, funny, famous, yeah. whatever it is. So I think, um, and then also just like different technology stuff. Like I said, we started on my phone. Um, I remember his, his dad is a fireman um, downriver. Uh, like we had two episodes in the beginning where we would just put my phone in the middle of the table. We went to the firehouse and we got locked in. We actually got locked in the room one time by mistake. Yeah, we were locked in there for hours. And I think they happened to actually just went on a run. What? So we were like, we were screwed for a minute. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so like uh, technology stuff, like he's more of a tech guy than me. So obviously he does, or not obviously, but he does a little bit more with it, but We've done it off a of phone. We've done it off of uh, an iPad when we did the app. We've done it off his old roommate's laptop and bought mics. So, like, learning this different tech stuff. Uh, corporate stuff, to be really completely honest, which I guess is probably less about real work uh, and more just about, like, life in general, is, man, you – in a lot of jobs sound good in theory, mm-hmm. but in actual execution, they're not cool. Um, similar to, like, degrees. And I tell, I, I tell actually a lot of my, uh, my, my student-athletes this is that – um, you're young, so obviously I, I expect you not to really know, and that's kind of like my bad thing about like college and stuff. They expect you to know something at like 16, 17, 18, what you want to do the rest of your life. Yeah. But a lot of stuff like in, in concept is cool. Like in concept, marketing is cool. Like you market yourself every day to people. Like mm-hmm. you have to market yourself. Like does somebody want to be your friend? Um, like you market being a good friend to people. Like you market being a fun person or whatever, you know, whatever it is. So like marketing is part of our everyday life in that aspect. But like actually doing it on a job, you got to look at like stuff like charts, graphs. You got to know numbers. You got to mm-hmm. know what's moving the, the needle and stuff like that. So um, probably in terms of that is just like knowing that you're not going to like every day. Like if like being a job is similar to school except for you don't get the breaks. 
And <laughs> um, if I had to choose something else from corporate, it would it would honestly be just like every day is politics. Like like you know, a, a lot of times maybe a lot of us are kind of, for lack of a better term, small fish in a big chain, especially if you work for maybe a bigger company. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it is politics. Like we're we're all held by by certain kind of. Uh, things that don't maybe allow us to think, uh, you know, we might have grand ideas, but maybe we're not able to always implement them or at least not as quickly as we think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of also happens with, with, with podcasts. And of course you get to like kind of express your voice, but I think that's kind of one of the good things. And I, I don't know if that's a, like a next question type thing, but I think yeah. one of the good things about podcasting is even if, even if literally just the people that are on your podcast and maybe like, I think I like to believe that we probably all have like five faithful listeners, yeah. least, you know, that have subscribed that, are, you know, they'll talk to you about it, stuff like that. But um, they're able to hear your opinions on things that they mm-hmm. otherwise wouldn't. So sometimes it's current event topics. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, similar to how, like, how we just did the university thing here. And it's yeah. like, wow, I would have never known that he's, like, you know, that way. Like, um, like I've listened to people where I didn't even know that maybe they were big music heads or, or movie buffs. Or, like, I've, you know, you just, you just learn different things. Like, there's things that I've actually learned about you and Maine just from listening to it. So it's just kind of cool. Um, like, like I felt like it was one you guys had with Kid actually probably like months ago. And like, yeah. I think I ordered Kid like the next time and started chopping it up. And I was like, man, I heard about that party because a lot of my good friends went to K-State with him. Mm-hmm. And so like we just started talking or whatever. He, he was like, wait, how'd you know that? And I was like, oh, because of the podcast. So it's like, yeah. uh, that's also, I guess, a flip side of a good thing about the podcast. Sometimes you, you reach an audience that maybe you wouldn't have first because mm-hmm. one of those listeners isn't like your everyday friend. I feel you. So how do you handle... The, I don't I don't know that I would necessarily call it craziness, but how do you handle your everyday life and then like your podcast life? So I'll give you an example. We talked about it on the last episode as I was out at this party. This chick like comes up to me and she's like tapping me on the shoulder. I've never seen this chick before in my life. So I assume that she knows me or has seen my face through the new kids stuff. So it's like, uh, how do you balance that? Do you... You know, do you have a set time where you're looking at topics and stuff for the podcast? Or do you just wing it? Um, so I'm an impromptu guy, so I don't mind winging it. So we, we've winged a hell of a lot of episodes. We've gone in and we didn't know any topics we were going to do. Or uh, we've texted each other the topics the day of. Like, let's say if we're going on at 6, at 1 o'clock we're texting each other topics. Which, you know, if you're at work sometimes, that could be enough time. Could not be, depending on your day. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, like, balance, to be real, um, I... I don't want to say live by this kind of like goofy, but uh, sometimes it's just the game is the game and sometimes it's controlling things you can. Like not, I, I do think, and I know a lot of people now talk more about it because we're more cognizant of, I guess, like health or mental things. But like a lot of people think about or talk about stuff like anxiety or OCD or whatever, you know, different things like that. I've never really been one that's been too um, maybe stressed or like or overly anxious about stuff because I'm, there aren't too many things that, like, I'm around or, or in or a part of that, like, if it doesn't go the way that I initially planned, bother me. Like, yeah. like I'm a guy, and I guess the best comparison I can give is, like, I'm a guy where I've, I've done this multiple times. Like, a lot of friends hate me for this, but we've been going out of town. I'm the one that plans our trips. Like, I'm the one that does it. <laughs> we've been going out of town, or, like, I've gone out of town, like, alone sometimes, and, like, I'm already on my flight and, and getting ready to land at my destination before I've booked a place for me to stay. Yeah, like I'm the same way. I've booked like I've booked places like like uh, like to like flights to go places and then like text people after about it, like hey y'all want to go here people say yes and no and then like they'll see me later like I thought we said no I was like yeah y'all see it so uh, I'm I'm going <laughs> yeah so to me there um is there a balance that's necessary yes I'm not gonna sit here and lie like there isn't but I don't necessarily overthink it 
Um, I do think there are topics. So what I do as well, if I just happen to get a, um, if I happen to see something, if I happen to think about something, because we all think about random topics at times, or random things at times, I will write that in my notes app on my phone. I'm actually kind of salty that I got a, a new phone recently, so a lot of my notes no, went away. Okay. I, I had like 40 notes for, for podcast ideas. And what I'll do a lot of times is I'll kind of like just pick stuff off of there. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, and as you guys will know, like it's hard to do cu- like current event stuff because in a, with us living in like such a technology age and like a social media age, Literally, if you're not on that topic, like, in 24, 48 hours max, mm-hmm. sometimes it's also just kind of stale to talk about, like, even to yourself. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to, like, think of random things that, like, man, it's kind of funny because I saw this. It's not necessarily, like, current event, but, like, like you might say something like, man, the other day I saw somebody, like, swimming in the Detroit River and they had on a helmet. Like, just something goofy. Yeah. And you're like, man, so would you swim with a helmet on? Like, I know that that's, like, goofy thinking, but, like, just as an example, like, those are the kind of things that sometimes you have to write down or, yeah. like, remember because uh, that's just going to be, like, an inspiration for a topic. It might be something that's like, oh, what's the goofiest thing you've ever done with a helmet on or what's the goofiest yeah. thing you've seen the helmet used for? So um, that's kind of how it And In terms of, like, people knowing me, I guess, from other things, there's a few that know me from Beat the Buzzer, but... It's kind of funny. So, like, Cardo always says, like, he's riding my coattails and every go out because he meets a lot of, like, I'm the social one, so he meets a lot of, he grew up, actually grew up in Woodhaven. So Woodhaven's he, an amazing place. Yeah, so he grew up with, like, <laughs> no, no downside to this. So, I, 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 don't, I say this in a very short way, but, like, actually, no, I don't. But, um, uh, like, he grew up around a lot of white people and stuff like yeah. that. So, like, now, like, especially with, like, you know, how we kind of are now, it's like, he doesn't hang out with them or, like, and, like, all the stuff that we do now is, like, towards the city. Yeah. So I say to say, like, he, whenever we go out or go places, mostly because, like, I invited him or, like, I knew about it. So mm-hmm. that's, like, how he knows. And then I say similar things about, like, Jam, like, in terms of just, like, the podcast. Like, there are things that she knows or, like, she does or more is more connected with it. Like, I ride in her. So, um... Most of the time in that sense, I know the people, so it's not a lot of, like, coming up and tap me and I don't know them. But if people do, I'm, I don't just say it, but I'm genuinely extra friendly where they be, we're out, and, like, I'll buy the round of drinks and I can mm. literally not know you. Or it's just, like, I'm extremely like, yeah, like, let's kick, like, we here, we having a good time type stuff. So um, that doesn't bother me in terms of balance of, like, you know. Makes sense to me. I feel like for us, we're kind of the same way, like. Me and Maine will randomly be texting each other, and I'll be like, all right, put your business hat on real quick, and then we'll talk about, you know, whatever topics or, you know, ideas Mm -hmm. that we have for the new kids or for our other business ventures, and it's like, all right, back to talking about Jeezy, or back to, you know, back to talking about whatever, like, I'll just randomly text her, like, oh, I thought about this, and then I think it's good to have, like, when you're doing a podcast, I think it's better to have your friends that you're doing it with versus, like, randoms, because, like... She'll automatically know what I'm talking about sometimes versus, like, me having to go through this whole explanation thing and all that good stuff, so. Do you enjoy more being able to, like, uh, just bounce ideas? Like, not even necessarily you have to go full into the conversation about what the idea was, but do you like just being able to bounce the idea off and then, like, um, maybe she can respond just off of, like, your your broad thought? Or do you prefer going all the way into what you were thinking and then letting her, you know, expand on it? I am completely random and it drives Jermaine crazy because she's more of like an organized planning type of person. I've heard that over and the last few. I am like, whatever, here's the idea. No, I haven't thought anything else about it. This is the first thought. Let's go from there. So it's it's funny because she like gives me this look, like this mama uh-huh. look, like she about to <laughs> get me together or something. But I mean, when stuff comes to my head, I'm just like, hey this is what I thought about let's do it or let's not like I'm not the type of person that's like upset if my idea doesn't you know if she doesn't agree with it I'm fine with that it's not mm-hmm. like 
oh, I'm mad. I'm going to quit the podcast, even though I quit the podcast like every other week. <laughs> I, I feel, I've, I've heard you actually say that a few times. Um, yeah, I quit all the time. I think that's the cool thing about it being friends, too, is that even the moments that maybe, and I don't think they do it often, but even there are some moments that they, they probably take it serious or, mm-hmm. or, or probably take it to heart and in a bad way. Yeah. It allows you to still kind of be like, all right, man, we, we friends outside this podcast, so we're going to get it together. Yeah. Because you can be mad at me about the business side, even if it's not pocket feel, like even the business side for mm-hmm. a second. We can get it together and then we can come back to the business after that. And yeah. sometimes it also allows you to do that vice versa as well. Because there are times where I think, um, like, if you're upset, mad isn't the word I'm going to use, maybe upset, disappointed, or just down on the more social side. Um, but then you realize that, hey, we got this podcast together, this business venture together, whatever mm-hmm. it is. We at least gonna suck it up for this real quick, and then next thing you know, it helps the friend side out. Yeah. So I think that's that's a great thing. If you only got one side of it, then you're kind of screwed when you're you know trash. Yeah, we only get one side. I yeah. feel it. So it is now time for our second commercial break. So hopefully you guys come back and listen to us. If you want to learn more about the New Kids, check out our website at thenewkidsdetroit.com. Make sure you listen and subscribe and rate us on iTunes at The New Kids LLC. And do us a favor and share your favorite episode on all of your social media. Welcome back. We found Jermaine, y'all. She's, uh, she's here. She's alive and well. Ready to party. Shut up. What up, though? <laughs> All right, so, Keenan, what other avenues besides um, Beat the Buzzer are you currently working in? Or do you have any plans to venture out? Um, Great question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, this is something that's a really, really loose thought that I actually have probably only discussed a couple of times, but it's been a while. So, uh, it's actually kind of still in connection with Beat the Buzzer, but just kind of like changing the name a little bit. Um, and it's more so, so I don't know if you guys are, were aware, but last year we did a, a, a bike drive, um, basically called Bikes R Us. I mean, nothing too catchy, but um, we basically just went out and gave out 70 bikes, new and used. Um, we spent about, we actually went out and spent. We know because we helped. That was the no, that boots. was the boots. I about to say. <laughs> yeah, and then we did it for I bikes I did see too. the bike drive. Okay. Yeah, so we did it for bikes. So we went out and we spent $1,600 um, in regards to bikes and got donations from people and stuff like that. Um, and then, like they just mentioned, the boot drive. And then uh, we've all, to an extent, kind of done some other things on our own. And so basically, to, to wrap this up is um, I've kind of always liked community, um, I guess, community engagement, for lack of a better term. Like, I'm not... Uh, I'm not a politics person. Like, I'm not trying to get here and rally the troops to really do much or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm an, an event planner. Like, you know, I, of course you can, like, do small things, but I'm mm-hmm. not. But, like, just kind of community engagement is something that, uh, an avenue that I have um, kind of been more and more active with. Um, so kind of got to know uh, a few more people. I actually, and I really wish I could remember her name because this would be relevant to Jermaine, <laughs> but uh, one of your sorors actually, uh, she's head of, one of the HBCU chapters, and so uh, for the Detroit chapter, and so okay. she was uh, trying to get me to revive mine for here, um, especially since there's been a few more of us that have gone for North Carolina Central that has uh, gone the last few years. So I've been kind of getting and dabbing in that and just kind of asking a few questions with that. So, Keenan, uh, a community organizer. Yeah, so something Is like it? that. So um, that's kind of, I guess, the avenue. And then I just always enjoy coaching, so that's something I'm always stick with and uh, just kind of being another way for the kids. KT love the kids. <laughs> You feel me? And now you got roll keto. So, okay, this is a quick side note. And this is just because we're bringing up the kids, right? So, when you, um, 
when you when you talking to a kid like like if you've ever like if a kid if you've ever mm-hmm. been in charge of quote unquote mentoring a kid, mm-hmm. what do you think is your repeat advice or repeat like way of it, mentoring might not be the best word, but maybe like kind of connecting with them. Well, we've both mm-hmm. coached kids before, yeah. so I would probably say my I don't know. I guess my most my better way of connecting with them is to like think of things on their level because it's like a lot of adults that try to work with kids for the first time they get frustrated with the kids when they're just doing like kid things Excellent. so like you know getting distracted looking at ice cream trucks mm-hmm. my um my cheerleaders had a really bad habit of talking about spongebob when we were supposed to be <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to be doing cheers so i would like just get down to their level make it fun not always be so like mad at them and like punishing them but still letting them know there's a you know there's a time for you to be serious and there's a time for you know you'd be able to play around so. very way yeah. not to forget that they're kids i like yeah. that um for me i feel like um when i was coaching i always let my girls know that if they needed to talk regardless if it was during practice or outside of practice they have my number they know how to reach me Um, I always gave them that time to be able to express themselves because you can always tell when something is going on with a kid. Mm -hmm. They either acting out of character or they just they they're not being how they usually are. So I, I let them know from day one, look, you know, I know that I'm your coach. I'm an adult. But if you if you feel like you need to talk to somebody about anything and nobody's listening, you can always come to me. And I think that definitely helped us build a trusting relationship in the beginning so that. Um, if something did happen, they didn't feel like apprehensive or they didn't feel like, oh, my God, if I tell her this, I'm going to get in trouble. Get in trouble, yeah. I think dealing with kids, <laughs> it's, it's not, a, it's not it's hard dealing with the kids. It's the parents. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Do you feel the same oh, way if you do like, middle school, high school? Do you feel the same way if you've ever kind of been in that thing? Um, I've done mentoring on the high school level. Don't, um, don't send high school kids my way. I can't. <laughs> I, <laughs> we the same size, bro. So, it, Listen. So then, to the, that's, that's actually a good point. That's that's another question I kind of like to ask because I, I have a way of thinking about this. But do you think, even if you're referring to the younger kids or the high schoolers, do you think that being closer in their age um, helps them and helps you? Or does it help either one of you? Or does it harm either one of you? I think it can do both. Yeah, I think it helps. Um, I think with with us, we have a program where they actually bring the high school kids to my job. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we'll sit there and, like, Sometimes they'll job shadow me or I'll go to school with them and, like, walk through their classes. And, like, it's a whole bunch of different, you know, it's a bunch of us that are paired up in this group. And I've noticed that, like, with me, I'm able to connect with the kids because I'm only, like, 10 years older than them compared to there's a lot of older people that want to be part of the program. And my little will be, like, my friend want to my friend wanna spend time with us because her her uh, mentor oh right so, <laughs> and real. i've had you know i've had scenarios where kids think because you so because you are so close in age to them this which is why i don't tell a lot of times kids how old i am mm-hmm. because they don't take you as serious mm-hmm. or they look at you like a friend or the homie right. or not nah, she's not gonna do nothing for real she only You're like 10 years yeah. right i'm only yeah. like 10 years older than them um and it don't help that i look young and i'm short so, <laughs> like, when I used to work in the middle school, the security guard would always think I was the kids would be yelling at me to go to class. And I'm like, bro, I work here. Like, I am one of the teachers. But, right. okay. But, yeah, I think it can, it can go both ways. Um, like I said, dealing with kids is a mixed bag, for real. Like, some days it, it's good. Some days you, eh. Yeah. So do you ever, uh, like, implement, um, so how, how you were saying, uh, like, you, you let them know they can come to you and talk about things. Do you ever find yourself kind of maybe... 
either sharing stories with them to either whether it be opening up to like to help them open up or do you ever see yourself maybe implementing things and I guess for an example just saying like hey uh you know somebody come to you about something and you're like man you know I, I this is me five years ago like yeah. this isn't even just like a 12 year old thing or 14 year old thing do you ever find yourself maybe uh doing that or sharing stories that you know with the kids because of course that's probably not your first thought. You know, mm-hmm. Like your yeah. parents told you, I ain't got to tell you nothing, you're a kid, I'm an adult. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself kind of sharing things with the kids that maybe you didn't plan to? Not Life. so much with the little ones. Um, just because my the cheerleading group that I had was so young, mm-hmm. they were like, they were, um, yeah. I think my youngest girl was four, oh, yeah. and then ranging up to like 12. So with the older ones, I kind of would. The younger ones, I just kind of let them do their thing. Um, with the high school age people that I'm in, so I, I share stories with them all the time. Um, I let them know that this is a judgment-free zone because I did a lot of trash things when I was your age, too. So it's no, you know what I'm saying? At this age, you do. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I'm like, you know, I don't expect them to know everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want to, I feel like when you share stories about yourself, they're more comfortable with sharing, you know, their stories with you. So if I feel like, you know, if I never say anything, they'll just kind of be like, oh, she's judging me. I may not have shared stories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Life lessons for sure, though, like, Stuff that I've learned or like, dang, you know, when I was your age, I wish I would have known or I wish I would have did this differently. Stories, not so much. Cause nah, to, it depends. Uh, like, I can share high that. school stories. No, nah, they don't uh, need nah, to know. Nah, I feel you. Um, <laughs> when you interact, what, what do you think is probably one of the, the biggest, um, I guess, takeaways that you personally take when you, when you get to interact with the kids in a way that is uh, not necessarily formal, but maybe like... Um, whether it be coaching, whether it be you got to talk to a kid, like even if it's just one individual kid, like somebody asks you for advice, but they're younger and they're kind of going through the ropes. Um, what What do you think is the biggest thing that you take away from it? Not that you give them, but that you take away from that interaction with them or from having the opportunity to do that? Um, I would say I always realize more that uh, how different times are, even though I'm only, you know, maybe 10, 15 years older than them, how like what they're going through is completely different. Mm-hmm. Than some of the things that I experienced, like their, you know, some of their concerns. I feel like at my when I was that age, like my mom kind of took care of all of that, so it wasn't uh-huh. stuff you know that I had to worry about. Um, but now, just with the society that we're in, and they're dealing with a lot more mm-hmm. than than what I feel like I was dealing with at the time. So I always take away that I, um, I guess I shouldn't take for granted that I'm able to mentor them. Okay, maybe I should be more available to them. Kind of thing, but I feel feel like I always learn a lot. I learn a lot more from my mentees than they learn from me. Yeah, I think availability is something that we always kind of take away. Even sometimes when you like see your nieces or nephews for that you haven't seen in a while, you're always like, "Dang, I wish I was a little bit more available." No matter how much we joke about like not really like wanting to be around kid kids. Yeah, Yeah. for me, I think I take away the fact that kids see everything, Mm -hmm. even when people don't think they're watching. They're watching, especially now. They have so many different avenues to see everything. They're very observant. So oftentimes I have to tell myself to just listen to what they're telling me mm-hmm. because more often than not, what I'm interpreting is not necessarily what they're trying to say. Um, but, yeah, they kids see it all. And they will tell yeah. you everything oh, that they, they see. They, they will remind you. They will repeat sure. it. They will say it Thanks. any day. Anywhere. I think one of the, the things, and, and this is more so like like high school, I think it, I think one of my first years coaching like basketball in Northern North Carolina, it was like eighth and ninth graders really, like mm-hmm. seventh through ninth grade because I, like, I was like a little rec league one year. Um, 
before the season started. And I, and I remember it was a kid who was really good. Like me and him actually still pretty cool to this day. He went, he went to like a school in Chicago for a minute. And I was going to go see him play in Kalamazoo before he left it. But I say it to say this. Um, one day we were talking about something and he happened to just ask me something along the lines or, or say something along the lines basically of, you know, like, like he was frustrated, but also like he was doing something. Um, like he was doing it because uh, like his mom really wanted him to do it or something like that. And I was like, you know, I had a, I think probably the best piece of advice that I that I can give anybody, whether you're young or old, is you have to find a reason to want to do something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I mean by that, and I know, I guess the easiest version is like a why, but for me, what I, what it was easy to say is, um, you can't want to do things for your parents all the time or to make somebody yeah. proud. And so, with athletes, it's easy <laughs> to say like, hey. Um, when when kid like when kids would be like on the bubble for being ineligible, and I'm the guy that's got to tell them like, hey, you can't play. Mm-hmm. Um, I would tell, I, I would just be honest, like, hey, do you do you really enjoy basketball, or you know, you just, just like it's just cool? And they would tell me, you know, most of the time the kids are like, no, I really love it, coach. It's really a lot of fun. I'm like, well, hey, I'm not gonna sit here and be the guy that's telling you you got to get all A's. I'm not even gonna be the guy that's telling you that you got to go to class all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not gonna be that unrealistic person, mm-hmm. especially when you're getting of age. But you have to find what make like what makes you happy. Like if you really enjoy basketball, you know you have to get a one point eight or two point to play. You need to do. I don't care if you do just enough to do that. Like yeah. of course I'm not your parents, so they make the ultimate decision. They want you to get a two five three zero before they let you play. But I think one of the things that that we could teach just more people in general is earlier on, or not even earlier on, in different stages of your life or for different things in your life, finding out what will motivate you. And if basketball is the thing that you really want to do, then you have to be eligible to do it. If you're yeah. in college and you, or you know what I'm saying? Like if you're in college, you have to go to class to be able to do it. Or you have to, hell, if you got to know the right people to cheat off of, like, like I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. And, and, and this is something that, I, and I guess maybe because I was talking to high school, that's all they would say stuff like this. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to condone it, but I'm also being realistic because I was a guy that would do some of these things. Mm. So it's like, I think sometimes that like for me, that's probably something that I would just like to instill in them is like, Hey, just find a, like, if you have to do this, like, if this is something that you're going to do, and even if it's your mom making you do it, like, mm-hmm. if, like if, you know, if you're young and it's, like, cheering and maybe you don't like it yet, well, you got you to gotta find a reason of how you can like it. Maybe it's because you like the friends. Um, yeah. Like, I would tell guys, too, since I feel like, man, you like seeing all the girls, right? Like, if you, if you, if you like living around girls and stuff, and this has been college, like, if you like living around girls and stuff like that, you got you to gotta go to class every once in a while. Like, and I would tell people like that in college because they would get discouraged. Like, people like, cause people realize in college, like, school is not for me. Like, you knew before, but you really find yeah. out in college. Yeah. So I'm like, man, that's it's, cool. It's all self-discipline. Yeah. Like, and you got to find out what it's like. So sometimes it's like, hey, you like being able to see beautiful women all the time, be able to basically, like, walk to their room, and you ain't got to ask your mom or dad, can they come over? Well, you need to do just good enough. And I know that might sound like a really, like, facetious level yeah. thing, but that's really as, as simple as it can be sometimes. So speaking of mentoring and youth, if you could go back um, – in the past and talk to your yourself what like what advice would you give to yourself maybe young 10 Keenan. 15 years ago i really wish that i didn't have the new phone because i literally just had a conversation <laughs> with somebody before the thread got deleted um i don't remember but it wasn't anything serious like it wasn't one of those things like you know how some people would say like don't fall for that man or don't do dumb stuff <laughs> nah bro keep doing that um like, I would have told myself don't fall for that man. Like it, it's a bunch, <laughs> nah, like I, I'm Ooh, off that. Chile. It's a whole bunch of stuff that I would probably like. My goofy butter probably like you know take sports more. Like I like I always like do stuff like that. But if I had to, and I was supposed to be like kind of serious, I would probably just genuinely say like don't don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think that even times, uh, especially as we get to more of the high schoolish age where we get to have like more independent thinking and less parental thinking. Like of course mm-hmm. they're there if your parents are involved, but um, 
like you're you're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, like I won't use the word dumb, but you're supposed to do things that, like you said earlier, that a child would do. Yeah. Like, don't necessarily always think about even the repercussions. Don't, like, like genuinely have fun with it. And I don't think that I, I lacked for fun or anything, but I do think that there's always kind of that moment where you're like, um, man, are you, are you just overthink something just like you do as an adult? So I, mine would definitely just be like, like, just, like, literally just, like, let it go. Like, like have a good time, you know, whatever it is, like go on that extra adventure, like, climb climb that, like, do the rock wall, the, the, the rock climbing wall, that mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever, like, do that extra roller coaster, like, just be more free thinking. That makes sense. So now we're going to take it the opposite direction. Now we're going to talk about your future. So yes. <laughs> can, I, can I ask y'all a question first? I don't know how sure. much time but so, oh, no, um, just in terms of the future, so both of y'all are for sure a lot smarter than me. Y'all got like two, three, four, five degrees. I'm a one degree shawty out here. You know, I'm cool with that. I'm good with my life. Don't so, remind us. So we live in a time now where since a lot of jobs are, I won't say requiring, but putting on there, as mm-hmm. there you know, mm-hmm. like to, to have a master's. Um, so a lot of people are going back to school just to be honest, just to simply go because they, they feel like they need a better job or like they think that it, it is. And they're going back a lot of times or sometimes even because they don't, um, their undergrad degree was in something that's either useless, they don't like, or useless again. So mm-hmm. if somebody were to ask you, should they seek um, another degree? Let's say they've got their associates or bachelor's, whatever the case is. Would, first off, what would you tell them? I mean, like, you know, how their thought process should be. And then ultimately, would you recommend a yes or no? And, and th- I know that that's broad, but... You can make it whatever field you want it to be in. Just would you recommend yes or no to them getting that higher education? And then, you know, what would you have their thought process be? I would say, um, I would say it depends on the field and depends on if it's, like, really required. Um, I know a lot of people don't go back to school out of fear that they, like, you know, oh, undergrad was hard, so master's degree is going to be worse. And that couldn't be... um, Further from the truth. I've never heard. Yeah, I've, I've never heard people <laughs> like people that go to. They be like, man, master's so much easier. Just, it, my my master's was more. so much easier. It was crazy how much easier it was. Um, but I would just say, consider what you want to do. Like, if you feel like um, having that degree is going to make you feel better or make you you more valuable, then go for it. Um, but if it's not something that's required in your field, don't waste the money or the time because a lot of jobs are going to be looking for more experience than they are education education and that's the issue that I ran into I didn't do internships I didn't do a lot of the experimental things I just went straight through and it was like okay you got a master's degree so what you don't have the experience and whatever we need and like I actually was talking to one of the directors at my job earlier and she's like you know I'm at a higher level than you she's easily making two to three times more than me and she has a bachelor's degree and that's no shade you know what I'm saying like that's still great but it's kind of like you feel away. Yeah, I mean, that, I, mean I don't even. No, life. I don't even think I feel away. It's just kind of like, damn, dang, that's crazy. Yeah. But I feel like I got it out the way early. So ultimately, I would say if you're looking for more experience and more knowledge, then absolutely go for it. Um, if you're going just to have the letters behind your name, it's not worth it. Would you currently seek another degree? <laughs> well, I got to finish the one I'm working on. Now. <laughs> I'm saying, would you, would you currently seek? So, so obviously you've got another. I'm saying, like, yeah. would you seek another one after this? Is my point. Hell this is my question. So. No. Okay, got you. And, and I'm going to let me answer this. You still like do, no. do, no. do you feel the one that you've already obtained and the one that you'll be finishing up in the next little bit are worth something? And worth doesn't necessarily have to be money, but do you think that any of your degrees that you've gotten so far are kind of useless? Or, are, you know, um, I, I know that seems like a harsh word, but. I wouldn't say useless. 
uh, because without having gone through the courses or, you know, through the programs or whatever, there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have learned because um, I just wouldn't have looked for it. Honestly, I would have just kind of been in my position and been fine. Um, so I wouldn't say they're useless. Um, I think they make me more valuable for my own journey um, mm-hmm. because my master's degree is in um, organizational management and entrepreneurial development. Okay. So that's like my selfish degree. That's the one I can use for myself and yeah. I enjoy it. So I wouldn't say they're worthless. They just, well, a lot of work, a lot okay. of time, a lot of tears. Okay. What about you, Ms. Jermaine, from the I top? I think, <laughs> so if you're interested or if you're if that's something you're wanting to pursue but you're just not sure, I think that it has to be something that you want to do. Don't do it because you think, oh, this is going to get me more money or, oh, this is going to, you know. I mean, it can lead to those avenues, but at the end of the day, it has to be something that you want to do. Because if you're doing it for other motivations besides yourself, it's, it's going to burn you out real quick. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to enjoy it. And you're going to sit, if you're going to feel like you're wasting your money, you're wasting your time. And you have to put in the work. Like, it's not like you're just about to walk into school and they be like, oh, hey, what up, though? Here's, Here's a degree. Like, you actually have to do the classes, do the work, talk to people. <laughs> that was the part that, that bothered you the most, huh? Oh, you already know. Talk to people, do the research. Um, so you, it has to be something that you are really, and then commit your time. That's another thing I don't think a lot of people realize too, especially as adults. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, when we were in undergrad, we ain't had no full-time jobs. We didn't have families. We didn't have kids. We didn't have all this other stuff that we had to, you know, navigate. Whereas now you in a whole nother ball game. So you, yeah, you know, getting another degree might be seem great, but then you look at your schedule and it's like, where I'm gonna fit when this time do I in. Sleep? Even when if you're taking online classes, like th- that, that takes even more discipline because you have to block out time to get that work done. It's not a set schedule where you say, okay, from eight to eight forty-five, I'm in this class. From right. ten yeah. to two, I'm in. You know, so it, if you want to do it, yes. But number one, do your research. See what money is there. Because okay. grad school scholarships do exist. Some organizations um, may pay for you to go back to school if your job or if your, you know, pursuit of a degree is relevant to the job mm-hmm. or to your organization. They may pay for it. Tuition reimbursement. Mm-hmm. Look all that up before you decide you want to enroll. Amen. And I think you, I think one of the big things for me for both um, my master's degree and for uh, the PhD that I'm working on now, I think having an accountability partner is like super, I'm firing super my. important. Or even if it's not an accountability partner, like at least somebody that you can call and like vent. Like I call Jermaine all the time. Like I'm about to quit. I, it's over. I'm done. <laughs> like she do. <laughs> be like I'm just done. I'm just done with it. And I think that it's easier. Like because we're both in the same program, we can understand each other. Mm-hmm. Versus if you try to find somebody that's and this is no shade. Like if Doesn't you have if, education. Yeah, if you or if you work on a master's degree and it's somebody that's working on an undergraduate degree, they're two different things. Mm-hmm. So they may not understand, you know, what your struggle may be. You might not understand theirs. So you gotta find somebody that's um even if it's just a classmate or Sometimes whoever. It's just somebody else that's in, that's invested in your education as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're younger it's easier because it's probably your parents because they're helping you pay for it or yeah. the loans or they co signed or whatever the case is. Sometimes if your friend, and I mean, I understand in this case you and Jermaine the same one, but sometimes your friend is like, <laughs> like you joked with me on Twitter that one day, he was like, so you going to pay these bills? And okay. I'm just like, well, you know what? We going to class tonight. All right, so, you know, I, and it, that's in a funny way, but it's like sometimes it's just people that are invested in you completing it. 
And they could honestly know nothing about the program or what you're going through. So, no, I think it makes sense. Um, Maine, would you pursue another degree? Hell no. Nah. Do you think any of the degrees <laughs> you have now, um, again, for lack of a better term, are worthless or useless? Um, just for, you know, even if that, even if the word useless or worthless in this case means that you know most of the knowledge that you learned from mm-hmm. that degree, you don't, you won't use or don't plan to use. So, my degrees... Well, my, so my bachelor's degree is in communications and my master's degree is in HR and I work in HR. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely think my degrees were valuable to me. Of course, you know, when I was working on my master's degree, I was also working in HR at the casino. So I had that hand to hand experience. But I definitely mm-hmm. do think my master's degree helped me, or guided me in, you know, navigating the HR world, understanding the laws. Because some stuff, yeah, you know, experience matters, but some stuff, like, especially when you start getting into, like, the legal aspects of things, some stuff you're not going to know if you don't study it or if you don't, you know, go and actually learn, get a certification, mm-hmm. you know, get that textbook knowledge. It's, just, it's not always going to be there in application, you know. So I, I absolutely think my degrees are valuable to my journey, and it helped me get to where I am now. Um, this, now, this question here, I'm not going to lie, it's just for the hell of it. Um, what do you think is... Honestly, like, like if somebody told you that they were, like, let's say if somebody's about to graduate high school and they're t- about to tell you what they was going into college for, what is one degree, whether you think it's pointless, useless, whatever, would you tell somebody not to do for undergrad? Like, a, I, like a major? Yeah, like a major. If you want me, I, I would say criminal justice right off the bat. Criminal justice and pre-law really? are my main two. Um, yes, and just to kind of give you background is most people, most people, so please don't take this as all, most people who do criminal justice want to be lawyers. Yeah. You... Do not need criminal, like, it's not going to help you on the bar 98% of the time. It's not going to help you on law school 97%. Even if you're going to law school for criminal law, criminal justice is not going to help you. Like, and I say that because I not only know people in today's day and age that have had criminal justice, but my mom's criminal justice degree ended up being, like, you know, she ended up working for the police department, became, like, inspector, all this stuff. But yeah. she, she took, like, when I, okay, so I used to watch Law and Order all the time with my grandma and stuff. I wanted to be a lawyer. I think I took the story earlier. That's yeah. what made me so, I was really good at, like, that aspect of it and I think I told her something online like I'm going to pre-law or criminal justice whatever it is and she was like no you might as well not go to college if you're going to do that and I say it to say you can do like for most people who want to go into law you can just I'm not saying that you have to just go take the bar obviously you know you can go study I'm not saying that you don't have to but in theory you can literally just go take the bar Bar, so if you're if if that's your goal I would recommend in regards to that, whether it be something like English, communication, just so you can make sure you're good in the courtroom, you know, you maybe don't feel a certain way, like like anything, like not anything else, but like other things. So that's what I mean in terms of like, what's a degree or major you would tell somebody like, hey, dog, don't do that? Ooh. I would probably say like, I know some schools have like the general, just like business administration like business degrees. Yeah. Like that. I don't think I th- they're... I think that's a good one. I, I, I think business, hell, I got a business marketing degree, and I kind of think it's pointless at times, to be real with you. Yeah, it's so. like, I mean, if you, if you have, like, a specific focus, like, if you have marketing or, in, in my case, it was, like, human performance or, you know, mm-hmm. HR, whatever, then, yeah, but if you get just get, like, a general business degree. Yeah, most of them are, like, it, business administration or business management. Respectfully, that, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It's just, I like, you're, you're going to miss out on... Like the specifics that you get when you select. You, you might know. as well take a minor in business, bro, yeah. and get you something else. Because a lot of people, I think, take it thinking that they want to be like, they think that's going to help them be entrepreneurs and respect. Yeah, you, know, yeah. it's not. you don't need it. Like, you know how many successful business owners out here ain't never stepped foot no, in college? I ain't even trying to go to college. Like, I'm just talking about like business management ain't helping you do it, dog. <laughs> it's just not. I'm sorry. 
Um, so I listened to this podcast, um, and this girl. So the podcast is about Greek mythology, and um, the podcast host has a degree in Greek mythology. Uh, but she was basically like, "Don't do this," because <laughs> she Save the reason the right. reason she started the podcast is because she felt like her degree was pretty much useless, and so she she mm-hmm. was trying to Made find an avenue. Way. Yeah. To um, another reason why we love podcasts, right? right to kind of use the knowledge that she had, and and I say that to say, I'm, like, if you're thinking about something that you really enjoy, like let's say if it's like Russian literature, but you have no application what? of using Russian lit, like, where where are you going? What are you going to do with that degree? Or again, to Sharia's point, anything like general, like for me when I first uh, when I first went into undergrad I wanted to um major in journalism and then I'm like "Mm, mm." yeah yeah um not to say that that's not a a good opportunity for people who are really wanting to get into that field but it just didn't seem practical especially in the way journalism is changing Mm -hmm. in our society and how it's growing yeah no so if you're passionate about something, they have minors. Um, yeah. yeah. They have clubs. They have cl- I was just about to say they have clubs. Organizations you can join. Yeah. Man, That's for sure get in every club problem. organization you can. Yeah. Like, when I find, especially this, probably, of course, more for undergrad because that's when you, like, live there, but... I always find that the people who say they didn't really care about, not care about, but they didn't really like college or like college and fun are the people who chose not to be involved in things. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even necessarily just like clubs or orgs, but it's like they didn't want to go to any of the things except for the parties. Like they would never want to yeah. go when somebody was on campus or stuff like that. And it's like, bro, you're literally surrounded by, like even at a small school, you're surrounded by like hundreds and or thousands of people who are in your age range who literally live within, you know, unless you live on like a ginormous campus, who literally live within like a half a mile tops of you that you can go see. You can literally go play spaces in the middle of the night or stay up all night watching a movie, making bad decisions, have to wake up for 8 a.m. and then get to go take a nap. And you guys can like talk like, and then it's like a thing, like you can go to an HBC, like you can go anywhere, but you can go like, and there's just so many diversity, whether you got, you know, you're like, like you, I think you told me what, you went to school in Kent, no, in Nebraska, right? Yep. So like you got somebody that just came from Detroit, you got somebody that's in Nebraska that's probably in the same place. Um, my geography is off, but I think Oklahoma's in that area. So like you probably got some people from Oklahoma that's coming up. You got Kansas, like, you know, Kansas stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, you got all these different people that I never understood when people say they didn't like college and they weren't just talking about like they didn't like class. I'm like. You literally had like a, a, a melting pot or fishbowl per se yep. of yeah. so many different like people or kinds of people, and you couldn't find no fun in there. Like like no fun. Like <laughs> no you fun have to all. be the problem. I, think, to me I was about to say you you have to be the problem. I I think for me like I did join a lot of clubs, and I think my favorite part of being in them like um, I was in Black Student Union for years, mm-hmm. and I think my favorite part of it was meeting new people. Like um, the school would always call on Black Student Union to like introduce the guest speakers or like go to dinner with them or whatever so we had a, um, a holocaust survivor i would have never met this lady before in my right, life right. if i wasn't part and of the club never, yeah and she was like you know real cool she had dinner with us like changed her flight so she could come see me cheer at a basketball game it was like you know a genuine connection or mm-hmm. like um we met people that there was one guy he used to be a skinhead and like he went to jail and changed his whole life around and like was kicking it with black suiting and i'm like uh, you better than me I ain't there yet. <laughs> right. I, I, I'm like, ooh. You look, God ain't through with me yet for sure. Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. I think because when, I'm, when I first met him, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, 
you want this man that was a skinhead mm-hmm. <laughs> that went to jail behind doing something extremely racist yep. to come kick it with black student So I had to take myself out of that mindset and just, um, you know, try to view him as if he was a regular person. Well, okay. he is a regular person, but, yeah. you know, but he was cool. He came kicked with us. He was playing spades, all kind of stuff. So it was lit. Okay. All right. So we're going to ask you a couple more questions. Then we're going to say our goodbyes because I want to go to Kidoba. Um, anyways, <laughs> if someone from out of town was visiting Detroit for the first time, what two restaurants would you recommend? Coney is always my first stop. If I pick you up from the airport and you're out of town, we go to Coney's. We're either going to El Jordan, it's the one that's on Six Mile and Schaefer, or um, there's a few other ones, but uh, so Coney is like that one. My other one, oh, man, that's a wonderful question. It's for show, not Benny's, for anybody who's like, how does he not say that? Yeah. I don't um, think anybody said that so no. far. I you wouldn't know, recommend Benny Lee. Do you know the crazy part? It's actually probably going to be like a hole in the wall spot, um, similar to either like oh my goodness, why is the name leaving me right now? Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. The name is really leaving me. It's it's another hole in the wall. Like I'm actually I'm seeing it right now, and I can't remember why. I can't remember the name of it. But uh, it, it's more of a hole in the wall, probably like um, like Soul Foodie type spot that I'm going to take you to. If we're chilling for a while, I might end up trying to take you to a place like Baker's or Floods. But, I mean, those exemplify Detroit, but I'm also not like, I don't, outside of Floods, of course, now. But, like, I'm not a person that's at Baker's all the time, so I'm not yeah. trying to say take you in and say that I can speak a lot on it. But for sure, Coney. And man, I'm a, it's gonna, I'm going to actually text y'all later. I'm going to be really okay. upset when I drive by this place. Like, damn, why, why didn't I think of this? So, yeah. All right, so here's my favorite question of the entire outline here. I actually asked this question yesterday at a, a, a business dinner, and it was the funniest thing ever. Okay. So, if you could switch places with someone for one week, you get all their problems, all their money, all their family, all of that, you get everything. For one week, who would it be? So, the easy answer for me is, is actually two, but it's really, I guess, one. The easy answer for me it's somebody like Allen Iverson. One, because that's my favorite basketball player of all time. He's a guy that I think is still close to, um, I think, everyday life. And what I mean by that is he's a guy, for, for those who maybe do not follow or don't care about basketball or whatever like that, he's, of course, is a rich, he's a really great basketball player. But for those who don't know, he like is also a guy that had to file for bankruptcy. Like, he ended up ma- making, not making a new shoe deal, but like getting a new shoe deal uh, or, or getting a shoe deal, like revamp or Reebok. And then, like, I think... Don't quote me on the exact numbers. It's been a few years, but I think it was like revamped like thirty thousand. And then he had to give like one of his his baby moms or something like that, or his ex spouse, something like that, like twenty nine of that thousand. So it was like he didn't he, you know what I'm saying? So so it was close to home. So it's like those are problems that I can kind of relate to. My not so I guess like everyday answer would probably just be um, like somebody that I that I happen to to see every day. Um, I won't. Part of me actually wants to go as far as saying, um, I don't know if you guys remember, um, but a few, it's maybe like a year or two ago, there was a, I, I believe that he was like a, a, a bum or a beggar, but he was always dancing. Um, he was downtown a few times and he was some other place. He was like off at the lodge and that seven or eight, I think a couple of times. Um, it would be with him because like you said, and especially if I'm going into it knowing that it's a week, um, I don't think that I take for granted or anything like that, people's yeah. stuff, but I also think, like, like if I know, like, can I assume that, like, I know I'm going to be this person for yeah. you and I'm going to go back? Yeah. 
Would you fair. really want to get used to being a billionaire or a millionaire living in a pension in my house? And not saying that you're living bad now, but then you got to come back to your everyday life where maybe you working nine you to five at a job you don't poor, like. Yeah. You got to come back. So <laughs> being I'm, a peasant. You know what I'm saying? So I do think that, of course, it would be great to feel it because I've never felt being rich, so I'm sure that I would still love it for the week. But I also think the other side of it is just kind of being another like common folk. Like that, that's what I say. Like it, it might, I might be a little extreme by saying maybe like a bum or a beggar, but I definitely think that I would be okay with changing lives of somebody like I just happen to see on the street every day. I'm like, okay, let me kind of see the lens through them, or maybe like somebody that works in a different profession that I thought that I might like. That's actually would probably be my answer. Let me go be. I wouldn't want to talk about what he talks about, but Hill Perkins. Let me go be like like him or something like that, but younger Hill Perkins because I don't want to be old. So younger Hugh Perkins is fine. Right. I'm y'all. No, that's not an ugly way. It's just like I don't want to. I don't you know if I want to experience. Old. No, he's like literally like I've Hugh had Perkins a crush on Hugh Perkins guy. since I was yeah, like Hugh Perkins is handsome seven. <laughs> anyway, don't judge me. Anyways, not judging. You are. I can tell in your tone when you're judging. <laughs> you were judging. Anywho, so how can our people get a hold of you? You can drop your social media. You can tell them how to follow the podcast. All that good stuff. So the podcast is Beat. The Buzzer at Beat the Buzzer Podcast. That's on IG. Um, the name of the podcast is Beat the Buzzer. Everything is spelled out like, you know, Beat and then The and then Buzzer. Um, you can follow me on anything at K Terry, which is my last name, T R R Y 313. Um, you can probably find me on the scene in the summertime for sure. I'm very, like, in the summer, you're just going to see me out, especially kind of downtownish happy hour during the week, just because that's, I mean, that's where I'm at. It's just easy to go there. Um, but yeah, most of the time, if you see like Maine or Shy, I'm I'm pretty good at stalking them. So we we <laughs> yeah. we've come to see each other. I don't even know how I met Keenan for real. Like we I we talked about that I'm before like, you got here. Yeah, I can't remember. Exact- I don't remember exactly how you came into the picture. You just yeah. said you just appeared one day. Yeah, like one day I think we just started following each other on Twitter. Maybe I was following her, and you know you start interacting with people you don't think they're creeps. So it's like okay, you'll give them some playback. I mean, look, I'm realistic. I understand yeah, it. So. Yeah. Um, I think one day, I think, I just happened to see her at Floods, and she oh, I obviously knew that she looked familiar. <sighs> and so I try not to be the person that walks up and say, are you, I'm the main, you know, whatever it is that your Twitter name is. But I think we kind of gave each other that long gaze that we kind of recognized who the other one was. And once you kind of long gaze each other enough, it's like, <laughs> okay. Now, probably the most awkward thing about that first interaction from what I remember is I think that it, maybe I was just still walking in, but she was near some people I knew. So I was like, I don't know if I go in for the hug to just like talk to her and say, hey, I know who you are type stuff, or do I dap her? And so I think that's probably, I don't remember what we did, but I, I think that's probably the most awkward thing. You would go in for you remember that much, because I so, don't remember that. Yeah. I just remember our first encounter, because he asked me, was I pregnant? Uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember, yeah, after she brought that up, I remembered it for sure. Ooh, All right, so... Thank you, Keenan, for coming and being on y'all. our show and for actually listening to our show when you're not on yeah. the show. So we appreciate that, too. Oh, for sure, man. So you can follow us on social media via the New Kids LLC yes. on everything. On all Say that with some more passion, man. Where can they follow all you at? All social media Listen, platforms, the New Kids that. LLC. They know. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> hey, this Check out time, our website, yeah, yeah. New Kids University on YouTube. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. All so, right. if you have any topics for us, if, if you would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email us at thenewkidsllc at gmail.com. Feel free to advertise with us by sending us an email as well. That's all I got. We out. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.